Hello, and welcome to Fort Wayne Ballet's Kinetic Conversations. I'm Jim Sparrow. Our guest today is Tracy Tritz, Ballet Mistress and Outreach Director with Fort Wayne Ballet. Tracy Tritz began her training under the direction of James Moore studying ballet, tap, jazz, and musical theater. She attended the University of Wisconsin-Stevens Point as a dance major and has studied with Jose Mateo, Gus Giordano, Frank Chavez, Lou Conte, Randy Allaire, Claude Thompson, and Luigi. Professionally, she has danced with Pacific Ballet Theater, LA Dance Force, Jazz Dance LA, Fort Wayne Ballet, and Mikatadza Dance Theater. She's performed with touring companies of the Broadway musicals Guys and Dolls, 42nd Street, and Lady Miserable, as well as on The Tonight Show. As a choreographer, her inspiration comes from personal relationships, observing emotional behavior, and her love for nature. And she's created original works in ballet, contemporary ballet, modern, and musical theater. Most recently, she works full-time as ballet mistress and director of outreach, which is why we have her on the show today. So, Tracy, welcome to the conversation. Hi, thanks. You've been commissioned to create a piece inspired by Maurice Ravel's Bolero for the season opener on the professional company this year. So tell us a little bit about the piece and the choice to use Ravel's work. Um, The inspiration for the music actually goes back a really long time ago. I've really loved the piece of music since I was a kid, and I've always kind of had the choreography bug, so I wanted to choreograph it from the time I was pretty young. Um, My vision for it has changed a lot over the course of my career and my years in dance, but it really is just an amazing piece of music. It's one of the most interesting pieces of music to me because the phrasing is so simple, but the undertones of it are so complex with the character and the emotion and the way that it builds and drives. So I was really excited to tackle this with a group of people. So choreography in the process of creating, uh, I think to many people that's um, maybe a bit of a, a mystery. So talk a little bit about how that process works for you. I kind of approach choreography with a natural feel with the group that I'm working with. I spend a lot of time outside of the studio with the music, getting ideas of things I would like to do, trying to equate mental images into physical movement. Um, But I also do like to choreograph on the fly with the group of people that I'm with and kind of draw my inspiration from them. And I really like to do partnering work. And that's something that you really just can't do unless you have the physical bodies in the room. So I kind of do a little bit of a mix of my own stuff on my own time, and then getting inspiration from the people around me in the room. So as we mentioned, this is a piece that will be on the program on the 28th and 29th of September for the opener for the season for the Fort Wayne Ballet. It's also one of three pieces. So there are two other contemporary choreographers, but from the 20th century, Robert Joffrey and Gerald Arpino. How has your work been influenced by those you've worked with or those who've come before you? How does it put into a context? Well, first, I am so honored to be on the stage with those amazing choreographers and those amazing pieces. So I am, yeah, it's just a thrill to be able to put a piece on stage alongside of those really wonderful pieces. As far as the choreography goes, I really have been influenced by both people I've worked with, studied with, people that inspired me that I maybe didn't get a chance to work with. But I think throughout the years, it's just become a beautiful blend of my own very unique personal style that has little bits and pieces of my past in there. So as we mentioned earlier in looking through your bio, you've had a varied career working commercially, touring Broadway, and of course, classical ballet. Talk about the benefits of those different experiences, especially as a dancer, but also as a choreographer. Uh, Well, I've been really blessed to be able to dance in so many different genres, especially at the professional level, and it's had a huge impact on my style of movement. It really hasn't put any limitations onto my choreography. 
I've studied a lot of different styles. I've worked with a lot of different people and it's given me a very different way of looking at bodies and how they can move and how they can connect. I also think that it's really helped me become a storyteller. That's really probably my most important focus as a choreographer is to make a really sincere and genuinely relatable piece for the people that are watching it so they feel like they're part of the experience instead of just watching the experience. And I think that having that varied background has really helped me to accomplish that. So one of the things that changes for every artist as they um, mature and go through life is their presence of being a performer changes over time and what that means to be a performer and to be on the floor all the time the way you might have been when you were 18. Um, Talk a little bit about as you continue to progress through life and maybe how that has changed in terms of how you see the experiences that you're choreographing as well as uh, your experience as a dancer, maybe how that's changed as well. It's definitely made a large impact on both my dancing and my choreography. You know, when you're young and full of energy and capable of doing pretty much anything anyone asks you, it's more about that being impressive part of your physicality And the artistic stuff, it's not that you're not good with it. It's that you haven't necessarily experienced things that you're being asked to portray or stories that you're being asked to tell. And I think as you go through life and you get some of that personal experience behind you, you either have the choice to kind of hide behind that or you have the choice to really be brave and embrace that and allow people to come into your personal life. And sometimes it's really difficult, but from my personal experience, both as a performer and as a choreographer, people can smell phony a mile away and people know genuine and sincere And it really makes a huge difference in their life when you come at them with your story that they know is personal, that they can tell came from a part of your soul. Uh, And I think that, yeah, it takes a little bit of bravery. It takes a lot of life experience. And I think it morphs you from look at how incredible I am and look at how physical I am to look at how great of an artist I've become. Are there pieces that you've choreographed at certain points in your life that have grown to become more important to you or that you look at with different eyes now and maybe you thought initially that was a nice piece but now has grown to become more uh, to you than than you thought it would? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Even with the piece that I set last year for our February show, I had come back to set a piece and it was a very personal piece about a end to a relationship that had happened fairly recently And it was a really difficult piece for me to set. And it is now almost a year old. And every time I see it, it opens up a fresh wound for me. Um, And it just gets better every time that I see it. And I think even from the beginning to now, which has only been, like I said, a little less than a year, it has so much different of a meaning to me after seeing it performed a few times and after having some of my own closure come through that. Now it's a very different feeling that I get from it when I watch it now than when I was first choreographing it. And that's not the only piece, but it's probably the most recent and the the most raw emotionally that I've done so far that I could say that about. So repertory programs like the one we're doing this fall with less public name recognition for the pieces, or in your case, a new piece, require an audience to become engaged in trusting the curated experience fully. In this day of so much self-curation through streaming and Netflix, YouTube, What's exciting about an experience like this program for the season opener, and what would be exciting to an audience member? There is nothing like live theater. 
it doesn't matter how great of a movie or how great of a television show, there is nothing like going to a theater and having the lights dim. And if there's a live orchestra, hearing them when they first start to tune, that will send shivers down my spine as long as I am part of this world. And with this fall show, it's such an interesting show because the pieces are not overly long and they're very different. And so there really is something for everyone. So, you know, 15 to 20 minutes, if you're not in love with this piece, you might be head over heels with the next piece and you might love all three of them. Uh, but it's very different than the normal, you know, princess, prince story. They fall in love. There's some trials and tribulations, but they end up making it in the end type of a thing. This is a very different show. It's very cool. The costumings are very cool. It's a little bit more intimate and it gets a little bit outside. We have a very classical piece, but then we've got borderline contemporary and really contemporary pieces in there. And it's so interesting when you put contemporary movement in point shoes, it gives it just a totally different look and line. So I really think that this is an experience that you could just never get sitting on your couch. So I really encourage people to come out and really see what it's about. So talking just a little bit before we wrap up about contemporary work or things that are fresh, often people are or feel like they're familiar with the War Horses, the Swan Lakes, or the Sleeping Beauties. And those are wonderful pieces and have a, a very important place in the repertoire and for people to see. But when you compete with uh, that sort of mindset, how do you keep and what kind of challenges or opportunities do we have as a field to keep people thinking about dance as relevant and continually evolving as opposed to always being in a safe mindset. You alluded to the live theater experience, but is there anything else? No, I think we just always have to keep in mind that everything was quote unquote contemporary at some point in time. You know, even even what we consider classics now were contemporary at one point. And the Balanchine works, which are classical, were very different and very contemporary and slightly shocking to some people who were more along the lines of very strict classical. So everything has its kind of evolution. So I think that really if you go into any performance with an open mind, so if you're expecting to see this, I don't ever think go into any performance expecting anything. If you're just expecting to be entertained and to find the beauty and the incredible difficulty of what these people are working on to present to you, I think you'll enjoy everything. And yes, yeah, some things may be more than others, but the more open-minded you are, the more likely you are to enjoy the experience. Well, Tracy, thank you for being with us today. Yeah, thank you. The season opener for 4AM Ballet is September 28th and 29th at the Arts United Center. You can purchase tickets by visiting the Fort Wayne Ballet website for arts ticks. That's our show, brought to you today by Fort Wayne Ballet and with the support of University of St. Francis. Our guest today was Tracy Tritz. My co-producers are Madison Cofaro and John Dawkins. To learn more about the ballet and hear our podcast, please visit us at fortwayneballet.org. Until next time, I'm Jim Sparrow. And thank you for listening to Kinetic Conversations with Fort Wayne Ballet.